Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Triggering change one heartbeat at a time. Battle for freedom. Welcome everyone, I'm your host Watson Prunier from Battle for Freedom on Mojo Fiber Radio and I appreciate every last one of you as we get into another day of Battle for Freedom. Uh, one of the things I like to do throughout the week is this thing called Wednesday in the Word where, and it could be, you could be listening to your car, you being your car driving, I don't know where you're going to be when you're listening to this, but it's about me demystifying the Word of God. Sometimes I feel like I want to do this the whole week long because that's how important is God's Word is to me, and I think I want it to be for you as well. We need the Word of God to constantly guide us and direct us. It is it's the Word of Truth. It's the Word of Truth. It's, it's what gives us purpose when we understand and we read the love letter, the 66 love letters that God has given to us in His Word. And so I love endeavoring to take the Word of God, the Bible. The Bible, it's more than just a word. It's just more than just a good book. It's, it's, it's the personal love letter that God has written to us that we could share with the world how much Jesus loves them. As we celebrate Jesus as the reason for the season, Without the word of God, without the word of God telling us what it is or what he has done for us, there's nothing for us to celebrate. Think If you ever have been in a relationship and it was a meaningful relationship, whether it was with a parent or a child or a sibling or, or even a marriage, maybe you're a widow, you lost the love of your life serving, uh, you know, whether it's in uh, the military or the law enforcement or whatever it is, there's certain things that you have in your life that has a soul tie back to your relationship with that individual that was very precious and very important to you. And sometimes we hold on to those trinkets because those trinkets bring us back to those special moments that we appreciate and we really love and miss about that person who is in our lives. We have memories that that help us remember and go back to those special moments that we held dear to this. Um, You know what? That's what God's word is. God's word allows us to do this. 
And I'm happy that you're here and you're listening. If you want to interact, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Mojo Fiber Radio to leave a message there. And I'll do the best that I can to uh, include and share what you have to say uh, in the midst of this broadcast. While you're doing this, I'm hoping you're drinking your American Pride Roses coffee, the official coffee of Mojo Fiber Radio. And and it's, it's an American-made company seeking to build America back on track well, hopefully on a humble track to appreciate what it is that the simple things, the finer things that we have in this world that's not affordable to everyone else. Not everyone else has great coffee like American Pride Roses coffee. It's historically great coffee that you should get right now. AmericanPrideRoses.com. Now, again, a lot of the stuff that I've been sharing with a lot of people for so long has had you. And that's perfectly fine. Let me share with you one of our sponsors, New Life Holistic. It was reported in 2019 that the number of Americans taking multiple medications had grown rapidly between 2000 and 2012. From the numbers of 8.2% to 15%, this nightmare has overwhelmed our American society. Are you among those who are taking more medications than you need? Have you lost count of the different medications or do they have severe reactions to you that do not allow you to think clearly, function clearly? You find yourself often in a vegetative state. Why not try something different? New Life Holistic. New Life Holistic is a company that offers biofeedback therapy and offers you ability to recover from many of the ailments destroying society today. All I can say is New Life Holistic may be your solution without the pills. New Life Holistic, contact them today. Contact them today and let them know that Watson from Battle for Freedom. Let Anthony Malchiotti know that Watson from Battle for Freedom sent you. My encouragement, my hope, my hope is that we can all be growing in God's word. So I see... I see Heidi, I see Kathy, I see Paul, I see Dave, I see Curtis. Thank you so much for being part of the program. I appreciate every last one of you. So as I go through the word, remember, Wednesday in the word is about me demystifying the Bible, but also giving you this book or go referencing this book here, Talk Through the Bible by Bruce Wilkinson and Kenneth Boa. Uh, in the Facebook link for the live broadcast, you can see uh, a link to Amazon where you can purchase the hardcover book for yourself. I think it's a great resource if you want to, you know, but long before the New Year's resolutions begin, long before you break out the eggnog and you go through the Yuletide, before you before you start um, that turn on that Christmas tree, why don't you have a copy of Talk Through the Bible so that that can help you get through the word, understand each book of the Bible that you're reading. Trust me, it's it's a really good decision. It's a it's a good it's a very good tool to helping you better understand who God is. So today, this week, we're going to be in the book of Haggai, not Haggis, that disgusting food. <laughs> <laughs> not Haggis, the book of Haggai. Not Hagar, you know, the mother of um, Ishmael, but no, Haggai, H-A-G-G-A-I. This is about the reconstruction of the temple. This is about, uh, well, let me just get into the salvo from, the opening salvo from Wilkinson and Boa, and we can kind of help you understand this. Because last week we were in Zephaniah, but this week we're going to be in Haggai. Let's set the stage. Because it's interesting, this 
this small book here within the Babylonian exile now, with the Babylonian exile now history. Remember, for 70 years, the children of Israel were carried off into Babylon. And a newly returned group of Jews back in the land, the work of rebuilding the table, temple can begin. Because remember, the temple was desecrated. It was, there was a lot of destruction done to the temple when, uh, when it was taken over. When Israel was captured, when they were sitting high on great success but high depravity, God brought in judgment because he was trying to show them, listen, I don't care who you think you are. I will humble you if you exalt yourself higher than me. Well, 16 years after the process began, the people have yet to finish the project for their personal affairs have interfered with God's business. Haggai preaches a fiery series of sermonettes designed to stir up the nation to finish the temple. He calls the builders to renewed, to renewed courage in the Lord and renewed holiness in life and renewed faith in God who controls the future. So, this, I mean, life happens. We're all used to life happening. And one of the things that gets in the way is with life is our purpose in following and committing ourselves to God. It's very, it's very, very simple for those things to get in the way. Trust me, I understand distractions. I understand distractions. Uh, I mean, for crying out loud, we we just had natural disasters that have been nothing but distractions in our lives. But God wants us to be focused on him. God wants us to be purposed in our lives of living for him and committing ourselves to him. We could we can make all kinds of gestures of how much we love him. And again, how you love and you serve God, you will, we will all answer ourselves as we stand before him, redeemed by Christ, but responsible for living for Christ in everything that we say and we do. But here it is. They started the process of rebuilding the temple. They wanted it to be restored back to the way that it was because of the fact that they were heartbroken that the temple, it was, it was, it was the pinnacle of creation, second to man, and what God had done to have this glorious temple where his name would be. And there were many people who remembered exactly what the temple looked like. And to see it in its current dilapidated condition, they wanted to start the rebuilding process. However, life it came in, and 17 years later, 16 years later, they still weren't really doing what they needed to do in rebuilding God's house. One of the verses that um, that they share on this, and this is what this is what Wilkinson and Bo are sharing. It says, "Thus says the Lord of hosts." This is chapter one, verses seven and eight. Consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build a house that I may take my pleasure in it and that I might be glorified. I may be glorified, says the Lord. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. I mean, think about this. God causes people to start working on his house. Now, we've we've had months and months and months of lockdowns, restrictions, and everything like that. And I know that it's probably great that we can get back to doing some of the things that we've longed to do, some common staples that we had with entertainment, sports, and you name it, movies, you name it. <laughs> there's, a, there's a movie house my wife and I like to attend here um, in Indiana. It's out actually in Carmel, Indiana. 
it's a nice city. It's 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 a nice movie theater that you can sit down and eat. And you know, our kids aren't feeling well right now. And I just chuckled when they started showing a new movie that was going to come out. I think next week, and it's like God's like you're not going anywhere because <laughs> you take care of your kids. I don't want you going anywhere because He wants us to rebuild His house. He wants us to rebuild His house. I know we're getting back to just the what we called normalcy. No, 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 no. I think what we called normal was Abby normal to God. Yes, for those of you who remember Young Frankenstein, Abby normal. I think that what we were doing before the lockdowns, before the restrictions, before mandates, was Abby normal, and God is basically trying to get our attention. He wants us to build. Oh, well, I don't want to give money to the churches because they they spend it on themselves. And 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 no, 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 no. Are there some churches that don't do right by the monies and that and the gifts that God has been given to them? Yes, just like there are a lot of us personal human beings that God has entrusted a lot of money to us, and we haven't been responsible with it. So long before we get all twisted and up in, in knots about what the church is doing, I think that even God is trying to get our attention and say, what exactly are you doing? Oh, you don't realize yet? Let me uh, throw a couple of ships out to sea. Oh, let me destroy a couple of warehouses that has those treats and trinkets that you've been longing for. God is shutting down a lot of programs. And I just pray that there's not more devastation before we realize and hear what it is that he's telling us. And he's trying to communicate to us. He wants us to rebuild the temple. And honestly, I think that we have lost sight of that. Haggai's broken up into four major parts. In chapter one, chapter one is like the completion of the latter temple. You know, and it says, you know, you see that, well, actually it's two big parts and broken down to four. There's the temple of God and the blessing of God. All of this is taking place in Jerusalem. And it's interesting, too, because the time frame for this is only three months. Three, four months time at the tops. It starts off at September 1st and goes all the way up to December 24th. Christmas Eve that these sermons have been provided by Haggai to instruct and encourage the people. Thank you, Carolyn, for joining. All the people to wake up and restore God's house. Um, Where is this one here? I'm going to make this simple so you can understand this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. I want to go back to this thing here, the original verse. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build a house that I may take pleasure in it and I may be glorified, says the Lord. Do you realize that God, when the spirit of God rests in those of us who put our trust in hope in him, 
We become temples of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit dwells with us so that we could be reminded of his goodness, his kindness, his grace, and that our lives would be reflective of people who are truly grateful that Christ got up on the cross and died for us. Now, there are bodies a physical temple, but then the churches are physical are the other physical temples that we get in we go into to hang around with other physical temples for the spirit of god one of my favorite ones i'm partial to is a temple in shelbyville indiana called crossroad community church i was talking to uh the pastor my buddy my friend andy about this yesterday you know just about christmas and how many of you think about the gifts about the gifts that the three wise men brought to Jesus. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. <laughs> now think about this. So you're bringing gold to a king, the eternal king. You're bringing frankincense and myrrh. Now, the the the, the gold, I can understand, but the frankincense and the myrrh are something completely different. Because here it is, the temple, God... God incarnate, God in flesh, Emmanuel, born. We celebrate Emmanuel, and they're bringing him frankincense and myrrh. Frankincense. These these were ceremonial oils that you give to people in the process of preparing for a sacrifice. I believe uh, the myrrh, Andy was telling me, was embalming fluid you use myrrh for embalming you use the frankincense as a, a offering up to God so even the wise men understood their gifts were basically being brought to the tap the tabernacle God with us the, the that gold and Frankincense and myrrh, the oils of sacrifice, the all the the oils or the ingredients for embalming a body. Even them, thirty-three years prior, didn't realize the significance of their gifts. And I don't know if we do. In the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the current oppression that we feel right now, that we can't breathe, that we have no room to celebrate or do anything, the sacrifice is being laid out before us. This is interesting. So the date and time of this, they're saying, this, so just, I want to give you kind of date and setting with, with this whole process. In 538 BC, Cyrus of Persia issued a decree allowing the Jews to return to their land and rebuild their temple. The first return was led by Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, and in 536 BC, work on the temple began. Ezra 4 through 6 gives the background of the book of Haggai and describes how the Samaritans hindered the building of the temple and wrote a letter to the Persian king. The opposition only added to the growing discouragement of the Jewish remnant. 
Their initial op- op- optimism upon returning to their homeland was dampened by the desolation of the land, crop failure, hard work, hostility, and other hardships. They gave up the relative comfort of Babylon, Babylonian culture to pioneer in a land that seemed unproductive, unproductive and full of enemies. Finding it easier to stop building than to fight their neighbors, the work on the temple ceased in 534 B.C. The permission of the people to lead, the, the pessimism of the people to lead to spiritual lethargy, and they became preoccupied with their own building projects, and they used, politi- and they used political opposition and theory that the temple was not to be rebuilt until later sometime, perhaps after Jerusalem was rebuilt, as excuses for neglecting the house of the Lord. You have to understand that I think that, again, we make up this whole idea, well, God, uh, I'm going to pursue things for my life. Uh, It's my time. It's my time to succeed. I've given you everything that I could I've done everything that you call me. I remember saying that to God one time. In my failed first marriage, when I feel like when I felt like God wasn't moving in the time that I wanted him. Oh God, I've got this now. Cause you're not moving at my speed or the speed that I need. Famous last words. <laughs> and I think we get so wrapped up. I, I again Many people, if if you're buying a home, I don't condemn you for buying a home. I don't condemn you for anything that you're doing. I'm just basically saying I believe that in our rush to enjoy ourselves and have everything that we want, I believe God is saying, what about your time with me? Not just going into a building and singing with everybody. I personally want you talking to me. I personally want you crying to me. I want you personally laughing with me. I want you personally serving me. This is what God is saying. As our temples need to be rebuilt, we're back to Christmas shopping, we're, we're back to planning vacations, or going on vacations, or coming from vacations. <sighs> Carolyn asked, wonder how that made Mary feel if she knew what these gifts meant. I was... Uh, <laughs> It's funny that you should say that. As I was talking to Pastor Andy about this yesterday, I was like, if I understood what it was, and I'm looking at the, I'm like, the gold? I got you on the gold. Frankincense and myrrh? Get that stuff out of my house. <laughs> like, don't bring that mess here. Don't, 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 don't. Listen, I've been, I've been happy. I'm happy to have this child. And now you're bringing this to my place? Get out of my house. I don't want to see that nonsense. Ah. Uh, but this is God, and this is how he does his stuff. This is the other verse that they share that I think is really powerful. And I will shake the nations, for chapter 2, verse 7 through 9. And I will shake all the nations so that the, all the treasures of the nations shall come in, and I shall I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord. The latter glory will be greater than the former. See, because the fact that what people didn't seem to understand in this whole process is while we have churches, God used the temple in Jerusalem. He's even our churches 
or what is this the proper term or mere microcosm of the glory of the Christ child to die for humanity as Emmanuel we celebrate Jesus wasn't born on December 25th yes Christmas was put on top of a pagan holiday but the focus isn't so much on Christmas. It's not, the focus is not on Christmas trees and Santa Claus and all that stuff. The focus is on... Rest- I've got to go back to the first verse here so that you can understand. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I might take, that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified that i may be glorified psalm 19 1 says the heavens declare the glory of god we are here we are sitting here continually seeking our own personal glory and god is not happy He's sending devastation our way to humble us and get us to pray. What is it if my people will humble themselves, seek, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will he- hear from heaven and heal their land. Um, God's trying to get our attention, folks. He's sending devastation. He's sending. He's allowing corruption to take place because he's trying to get our to our attention. And I'm praying that we will respond in kind. So this is what we're gonna do. Um, I haven't spoken much about the devastation that took place through Kentucky and other places. There's a lot of devastation, and I believe God is trying to get our attention, folks. He really is. So for my break, there will be no cute commercial. But I'm asking for two minutes of silence as we pray for our nation and we pray for our world. I'm your host, Watson, pregame from Battle for Freedom. I'll talk to you on the flip side. What? Didn't see you there. I was busy eating this delicious meal from preparewithmojo50.com. You look hungry. Do you want some? Of course you do. Get your own. You can go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. You can't have mine. Abnormal realities. I love Uh, my mom. Yep. She sent me a message. My uh, mom did? Yeah, Wednesday night, and she invited me over tomorrow night to watch Titanic and share a bowl of popcorn. And I accepted. You did? Yep. That'd be fun. And she calls it Chaps Only Night. (laughs) Every Saturday night. Look, Miss Dixie. Look, how I, you doing? He said, "It's my mom, bro. All right? It's my mom." Look. I want to hear the answer to the Titanic and popcorn. Go ahead, mom. What's up? Oh, <laughs> hi, boy. Hi, I mom. just wanted to ask Brocky if he wanted uh, butter on that popcorn or not. Um, oh I would God. rather have the butter somewhere else, but if popcorn is the only place I can have it, I'll take it. <laughs> Jeez, well, hey, dude. nobody says I can't roll around in it for a little bit. All right, Mom. That is love my you. girl. I love, love you, you, Mom. Dixie. Abnormal realities. Bye, Mom. Love, <laughs> love you. Dixie. Bye. I love you, too. With Ron and Rocky. 8 p.m. Eastern. Mojo Five O. Holy crap. It's original. It's bold. It's patriotic. 
It's American. It's American Pride. It's American Pride Roasters Coffee. Historically, great coffee. AmericanPrideRoasters.com This is an important reminder. Don't miss this week's exciting shows with Erskine right here. We've got some very special guests and revealing topics this weekend. So make a note, mark your calendar, text yourself. Join me here for Erskine this weekend. You'll hate yourself Monday if you miss us. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Watson Prenier from Battle for Freedom on Mojo Fiber Radio, my website, battleforfreedom.com. I also want you to go to mojo50.com and share um, share it out with as many people as you possibly can. Today is Wednesday in the Word, and or it could be any day of the week that you're listening to this podcast, and I really appreciate you taking the time to hear the words that I want to share with you. Uh, we need to slow down. We need to pause. The Word of God is probably one of the best pause buttons we ever can have. It just slows us down. It doesn't stop us. It just pauses because life doesn't stop until we die. <laughs> That's when it really stops. And I think that many of us need to, and we're not living. We're just zombies walking throughout life, uncommitted to God, uncommitted to doing the right thing. I mean, there are earthly things that we do that are really nice and all, but at the end of the day, if we're not about glorifying God, then we're not really doing anything at all. We're just wasting time, wasting space, wasting oxygen, and producing more carbon emissions than we really need to because we're full of it. And God is trying to get us to change. I've been talking about the book of Haggai, and there's this whole idea of the rebuilding of, of the reconstruction of the temple. Book of Haggai places itself around 520 BC, if I'm correct. And as we're doing this, 520 BC, we're trying to rebuild the temple. Uh, the key verse on this talks about the, in chapter 1, verses 7 and 8 says the following Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider. Your ways go up to the hills and bring wood and build build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. Verse nine, you looked for for much and behold, it came to little. And when you were when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why declares the Lord of hosts? Because my house that lies in ruins while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens you have with have with the heavens above you have withheld the dew and the earth has withheld its produce and I have called for a drought on the land and the hills on the grain, the new wine, the oil and on what the ground brings forth on man and beast and all their labors. See, this is the thing about it that's really interesting because again, you're 16 years removed from leaving Babylon, Babylonian captivity 16, 17 years removed from leaving Babylonian captivity, and now they're in the land. And God is basically saying, what are you doing? I think it's even longer than that. But they're not about glorifying him. They're not about honoring God in what they're saying and what they're doing. And so he's like, I'm about to bring a drought. Now, they remember droughts. <laughs> they remember what God did, you know, with Elijah. And the and, and and Elijah and Elisha and the droughts and and how God shut down things. 
Oh, the, the, it's 16 years removed from them remembering the goodness and kindness of God. But they had short-term memory on his goodness and his grace and his provisions. Kind of like us. It was 20 years ago. 20 years ago, our nation suffered humility, invasion of our securities, our financial, our military, our intelligence securities. For the first six months, our nation was united in us speaking out against evil where we loved our neighbors. And then we got back to normal. Abbey normal. We got back to Abbey normal. So God's shutting stuff down. We're starving. We're losing so much because around the world, God is shutting down normal. We call things, the, 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 the wicked powers that be want to call this the new normal. God is saying, no, 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 no. True normal is worshiping me in spirit and in truth. That's the normal I'm trying to get you back to. Think about this. As I, as I chose to be silent for the two-minute break in between these segments, it's hard not to think about the lives of the people lost in Kentucky. I saw this picture of this, this little sweet baby. Parents strapped the baby in a car seat and it still didn't protect the baby. It's a picture of a little girl who was in a tub with her stuffed animal. Her last picture before she was carried away. Hundreds of people devastated. More than a hundred dead. That brought us to our knees. It brought us to our knees. Because everything that we have right now, all our customs, all our traditions, that we believe were the staple of the United States of America, God is like, that is kindling wood for my wrath that I'm about to destroy in this country if you stop if you continue to stop focusing on rebuilding my home. No, it's not about rebuilding the churches. It's about rebuilding his people, rebuilding his glory. It shouldn't take the hurricanes, uh, I mean hurricanes, but it shouldn't take forest fires and tornadoes and earthquakes and ice storms and, and pandemics to get us to get back to God. But for some strange reason, that's exactly how he gets our attention he allows the evil wickedness of man to take place. And we turn to him. We pray. We humble ourselves. We pray. We act like we're going to turn from our wicked ways. But we don't. He's like, okay, I guess I'm just going to have to turn up the heat. Drought. Turn up the heat. Again, because he is the only one who can restore us. He's the only one who can bless us. It's not in any man, not in any political party. People still saying that they trust they trust former presidents more than anyone else. No, 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 no. God doesn't want us to trust anybody but him. Yes. Carrie says, life is precious. And people sit around complaining about nonsense. 
and things like this can happen any minute. <sighs> Have you seen the pictures? Have you seen the video of this tornado? I mean, it made it made it made the one in Twister the movie look like a water spout. God's wanting to rebuild us. But God has to, like the former temple, remove its former glory to make the latter one better. We understand that the word of God, when it refers to the latter temple, is referring to Christ. And then Christ referred to the temples after him would be us. He's trying to rebuild us. But he has to destroy some things. He has to break things in order to build us correctly. We always love the term no pain, no gain. Well, the pain is here. He's bringing the pain. The question is, do we respond or do we just sit back and complain? In this chapter two, in the seventh month, on the 20th, first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Jerubbabel, the son of Sheatil, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of all the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not, is it not nothing as in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the, the high priest. Behold, be strong, all of you of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. <laughs> At the face of devastation, in the face of devastation, in the face of shambles, God is saying, you remember when you liked the previous temple and all you could say to all the other nations is, how you like me now? And, uh, how you like me now? He's like, that's nothing. What I'm about to do next is going to make even that former beautiful glory fade in comparison to what I'm going to do. Jesus said to the disciples as they marveled at the miracles of what Christ did, Jesus said, greater things will you accomplish. But those greater things were not for our glory. The greater things that we were accomplished will be for his glory and his glory alone. See, a lot of us are seeking to do all these great things for God because we're looking for what blessings God's going to give us in the middle of doing those great things for God. He's like, no, no, no. If you're looking for the, and if we're looking for the blessings of what God brings in the midst of his ministry, we're not really looking for the glory of God. We're looking for our benefit. We're looking for our benefit. God be glorified, and should he send grace and mercy and kindness our way, he still, and should he not choose to send that, he still should be glorified. Even when we don't get what we want, we need to make certain he continues to get what he wants, and it's his 
glory, not ours. I will I will sacrifice being the best radio host in the world, which I'm not, if it means that God's glory will reign in in the humility that He brings me through. I, I will I will sacrifice any fame, anything possible for His glory. I have to. We have to. That's the rebuilding process of the temple. Because again, think of the purpose of the temple. What was the purpose of the temple? It was a dwelling place for God and where his glory would be manifest before the world. We are all walking temples. And I believe that many of us have been dilapidated. I know I need renovations. You don't think you need renovations? Uh... Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And even if, as I look, look at this verse, let me see if I could put this in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as I bring the frankincense. Present your body as frankincense before me, holy and acceptable, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be transformed. Do not be conformed to this world. In other words, now I'm applying the myrrh because you're dying to self. You're basically being crucified, died, and buried to yourself, to the ways of this world. And you're going to be re- but being transformed by the renewal of your mind because of the fact that you are rising in Christ. Rising in Christ. <laughs> That's a Christmas story right there. That's a Christmas story for every last one of us. It's the, you remember when I said Christ mas more Christ in Christmas? That God is saying, I want more Christ in you. And that has to happen with you being a daily sacrifice to me, some sacrificing your will, sacrificing your contentment, sacrificing everything that you have for my glory. Because don't you realize, again, this is not what we're looking for. We don't do things looking for God's glory God's glory to shine upon us. We look for God's glory to shine, period. When, when Psalm 19.1 says the heavens declare the glory of God, we don't, now people want to worship the stars and the the constellations and all these other different things. They want to find their truth in the constellation. It's like, no, 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 there's, there's, no, no, we don't need signs. You have everything you need to know. There is God, there is a God who created all of this that we've seen. And, and that same God, he, he stepped into our history to save us from ourselves. And our lives should be reflective of it. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for joining. Our lives should be reflective of, of 
for joining, you know, being part of this. I love this because of the fact that <laughs> we look at the temple, God's temple, God's people. And he's calling us to do better. Let's go into chapter 2, verse 10. This is a pretty interesting part here. On the twentieth day, the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priest about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches his bread or stew or wine or anything a, a kind of food, does it not become does it become holy? The priest answered and said, No. Then Haggai said, If someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, It does become unclean. Fourteen. Then Haggai answered and said, So it is with this people. And with this nation before me declares the Lord, and so with every work of their hands, and what they offer there is unclean. God is basically saying, in our busyness, in our disobedience of not daily sacrifices to him, daily conforming our minds, our thoughts, our actions to him, all our good deeds nothing but unclean and unrighteous rags before him. Filthy, disgusting rags. Or if you were to stay in the book of Haggai, filthy, disgusting hags. nothing but filthy disgusting hags God is telling us that we have to change our lives what we think we're offering right now to God it's kind of like God's like I wouldn't put that forth it makes me think about makes me think about you remember when Jesus was in the temple and he's turning over the tables because they were bartering, they were selling. God's house had become like this flea market for a lot of evil. The people who couldn't afford anything were basically sold. They were basically sold mediocre sacrifices before God. Things that never should have dawned the presence of God. I believe that many of us, myself included, are guilty for presenting to God mediocre sacrifices. And God is basically saying, I'm done with your games. I'm done with your games. What we think is a great sacrifice to God, God's saying, it's unclean. Spot blemish. I don't know if if you watch a crazy show, um, Seinfeld, but there's this uh, one episode where George Costanza, George can't stands you. He he gets a cashmere sweater for free, and you know how cheap George is. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know how cheap George Can't Stand You is. And, but he gets his free um, cashmere sweater, and he's like, well, what's the problem with it? He's like, it's a perfectly beautiful cashmere sweater. And the person says, oh, well, there's a dot there. There's this little red dot on there. And he's like, I barely noticed it. It's there. So George, you know, being the cheap body is, <laughs> he decides that he's going to turn around and give that as a gift to Elaine. And in the process of doing this, uh, she loves it. She is in love with this sweater. It's like the best gift she ever could have. And, you know, George gives her the sweater. She's walking around with it. She's happy to have the sweater and everything like that. And Kramer sitting on the couch, minding his own business, reading a newspaper, just being Kramer. And, you know, Elaine's just elated with her gift. And <laughs> Kramer looks up and he says, what's with that spot over there? Clear across the room. Clear across the room. He's like, what's with that spot there? She's like, what spot? And George is like, no, 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 no. He's like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't point out the spot. And she finally sees a spot she never recognized before because she was so happy believing this is the best gift ever. If you haven't seen this episode, it's pretty, pretty stinking hilarious. Well, God is greater than Kramer. Considerably greater than Kramer. And he sees that spot in our lives. And he's wanting to rebuild our temples. And we just don't want to listen. <sighs> Let's get back to this on chapter two. <laughs> he says... Now then consider from this day onward before the stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord. How did you fare? When one came to heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. When one came to the vine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn from me, declares the Lord. Consider... Consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the, that, the day that, uh, since that day, or the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is this seed yet in the barn indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing, but from this day forward, I will bless you. When we are fully committed to God, he blesses us in his time. Take care, Kathy. Be safe. When we are fully committed to God, he blesses us in his time. Remember, the 24th day, Christmas Eve. He's like, I'm bringing a blessing. I had already determined I'm going to bring a blessing. But I wanted you to wait on me. And wait on the great gift that I bring you. See, we are 10 days away from people waking up in their cool pajamas and Christmas trees and 
eggnog. I can't even do eggnog anymore. I didn't realize how much that was killing me as much as I love. I miss eggnog. I can't have eggnog anymore. <laughs> uh, everyone gets up and they're going to be exciting about their presence and everything like that. God saying the bigger blessing is the Christ child who I'm sending to die for you. But he's already died for us. He's already reconciled us back to God. The child that was in the manger will now show up on a horse. King of kings, Lord of lords, blazoned on his legs. A sword to wage war against the evil one, his minions, and his dutiful, dutiful followers. Will you be among those resisting God at the moment that he returns. We don't know when he will return. He will return and strike like that tornado that hit the Midwest. Unsuspecting, untold, unimaginable devastation. Flattening life as we know it. And who rises out of the rubble will say more than you ever could imagine. There's this, um, that message, who rises out of the rubble matters. Let me finish this passage and then I'm going to get into the attitude of gratitude. Something I really appreciate Beth not um, sharing with me on sharing with you. The word of the Lord, this is verse 26. The word of the Lord came on the second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders. And the horses and their riders shall go down, every one of them by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Sheatil, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord. The signet ring, the promise, the promise, the seal of promise. God says, in the word of God says, if God be for us, who can be against us? There is no military might in this world that can compare to standing in the arms of God, standing in his presence and allowing him to be our shield, our banner, our war cry for his glory. As everything is reduced to rubble, who rises out of the um, ashes? There's this beautiful song called Beauty for Ashes, and I want to share this one story with you. This man, this man in this picture, I don't know his name, but he drove a half an hour with a grill and a truckload of food and parked right in the middle of Mayfield, Kentucky, and started cooking for anyone in need of a meal. What rises out of the ashes? Who rises out of the ashes? 
Right now, we're being burned. We're being destroyed. And God is trying to bring us those who are built upon the foundation of his word. What is it? Matthew chapter 7. Let's look at this here. Look at this. Verse 24, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and the heat and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock, a rock. See, this man, we don't need to know his name. We don't need to know his name. We just need to know that Christ has been moving in him for his glory, for his glory. Be a temple for God, folks. This world needs it dearly. God bless. Take care. Either Brad Stags and Daily Mojo's up next or Andrew Coppins, or you probably just finished listening to, uh, what was it, Mike Phillip on American Arc Radio. There's a lot of people you can figure out. Go to mojo50.com forward slash schedule and enjoy. I'm out. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5